Welcome to a special edition of the Legendary Wrestling Obsession podcast. Jeff and I had the opportunity last spring before our show ever launched to do an interview with our good friend Ron Moore on the Manitoba Money Shot podcast. This week, we present to you that interview. Yes, Cookie Moo, we used to call him. He used to do singing telegrams dressed as the Cookie Monster. <laughs> and I always imagined him stepping into the wrestling ring and, you know, versus the Cookie Monster. Anybody, you know. Our favorite was we'd always be hanging out. This is in our, you know, early 20s. And we'd be hanging out partying or whatever as young people do. And then Ron would always let us know, oh, man, I got to go. I got a cookie. <laughs> he had to leave to go do a cookie. <laughs> Yes, so enjoy, and uh, thank you very much again to Ron for uh, you know letting us use it, and also for being a great supporter. No- yeah, yeah, fan of our show. We appreciate that. Yeah. So here it is, the full version, unedited, for you, and we'll be back the following week with more wrestling as you need it, as you like it, as you want it. Take care. Listening to the Legendary Wrestling Obsession Podcast with your hosts, Corey Draper and Jeff Hughes. Well, the bastards didn't know what happened to him there. My word, Anderson can't believe that he's beside himself with anger. And Tully Blanchard is beside himself almost unconscious. Good down home cheating. Good down, good down home cheating, sure. Play fart fart. You want to do it with me? Fart 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 Long-time listeners, first-time casters. <laughs> right. And it comes out, a debut episode is May happening. 11th. May 11th. That's not just any uh, date. random date, no. No? That is the anniversary, the very first Saturday Night's Main Event. The 38-year anniversary. Whoa. That's right. And it was... Uh, WWF. What a special yeah. moment, because... At the time, I was a huge fan of comedy. I loved movies like The Blues Brothers mm. and Animal House, you know, so I had a taste for this kind of adult comedy. Yeah. So I would watch Saturday Night Live, and but I was also a huge wrestling fan, and then the shock of my life. Yeah. I mean, there's more context to it uh, than that, but that's basically when we're starting, and that's why we chose May 11th. So is it a Saturday? Oh, well, yeah. uh, this year it's not. Oh, Ooh, no, it's a Thursday. You a, got us! <laughs> it's a Thursday this year. <laughs> Thursday's main event, May 11th. Check it out. So tell me exactly why. Well, first tell me a history, you guys. Why? I've known you forever, but how did you guys meet? Corey, how did you meet Jeff? Yeah, we, we went to the same high school and had some mutual friends. So I probably know who knew Jeff before Jeff knew me kind of thing because oh. uh, I was hanging out in the cafeteria and he was trying to make some people laugh. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I would, He yeah. was getting the biggest laughs out of me. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was down there doing some homework and uh, he was he noticed me. <laughs> he was like he enjoyed the fact that I was you, actually laughing at the jokes. Do you remember that, that day? He does no? not remember, How, no. what's, what's your first memory of Corey? Um, well, first let me react to that. Sure. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, I mean... Ron, you were there as well in our high school, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you and I became friends. Actually, none of us were in the same grade, so right. we, you know, bucked the curb 
or the curve or something. Yeah. We curved the buck. We did a lot of bucking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were, uh, that's right. So Corey is younger than me and you're older than me. Yeah. So instead of necessarily only sticking to my grade or age group, um, I made friends with you because you did the musical and I was a theater guy. Yeah. And uh, so... You know, we're a little louder. You know, we theater guys, yeah. and, and we get, we project. Yeah, so we might be known by people who don't necessarily that, that we don't know, and so it is pretty cool that the you know Corey's first impression of me, he was the crowd, he was the audience, and I was sticking it up because that's you know singing kind of, and dancing. Well, basically, I think a better answer to your question is that. Uh, Ken Cooperus and I became pretty good friends because oh. we were in the same class together. Friend of the and show, Ken Cooperus. I finally, in Ken, found somebody else who loved wrestling. No, nobody else did. Right. And so I was super excited to like you know sort of have this new friend that was really into wrestling and and uh, so we started hang you know started hanging out outside of school. And then one day at lunch, because I had this massive VHS collection of all this wrestling, yeah. Ken Ken was like, said, let's go to your place and like watch some of these matches I've been talking about that he hadn't seen. Was it like professional tapes or just you recording Well, that's shows? just me recording like off TV and other ways of acquiring... Uh, what, you know, what were you recording back then? Like, eight, what, I don't even know. It would know. be WWF stuff like Coliseum Video, like all the stuff they were releasing. Oh, you there. set up the two VCRs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's the statute of limitations? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't be held accountable for this, right? <laughs> no, but, uh, don't worry. Don't uh, worry about so, that. Check the tags and, on so your Jeff mattress. happened to be pretty close by, and Ken was like, hey, man, like my buddy Jeff likes wrestling. Like, mm -hmm. Can he come? And sure enough, so that was Jeff's first real knowledge of me was being invited to come watch wrestling. Yeah, so okay. we went to his place and uh, he had a vehicle. That was also pretty <laughs> key. Yes, that was, exactly. Uh, that, was one of, uh, that was one of your attributes, Ron Moore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. The well, wheels. I got lots of friends with uh, my mom's car. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good memory. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we went and saw stuff that bewildered me because I was like, where did you get this from? Like, I wasn't on top of renting videos. Yeah. Um, I was definitely aware of uh, wrestling in many ways, but that was not my approach at the time. So we all uh, went and checked out some matches that were mysterious, and it was. A, I, I remember for sure we saw a tag match that was not a part of any storyline that I recognized, and I'm like, ah, how can this be? No, this on TV. Well, we watched it on Corey's TV in his basement. Okay. He would have got... Yeah. If it's I, off a Coliseum video. Yeah, just, you know. but it was a, a strange tag match that didn't make any sense. Like, I, I, I'm going to get it wrong, but it was I think was it was like, Tito and Steamboat versus, like, Paul Orndorff and Macho Man Randy Savage. I believe that's like that. exactly oh, what okay. I was going to guess. And what is so wrong with that? Or what's up? Well, he just means he didn't see it on Orndorff TV. Orndorff and Savage like, teaming? Yeah. Yeah, so when did Orndorff and Savage ever team? Okay. On this thing, and that's it. That oh, I, okay. Right? I get it. Like, it was yeah. like it's something they right. recorded in a host show for for the purpose. It was of like they're backstage. They're just like mm, you and you and you and you. Yeah, yeah. it was just something different because yeah. you know that's not a part of my that's not a part of what uh, of my wrestling memories. Orndorff and Macho Man ever teaming up. So to see this match at Corey's place was like just very interesting and sort of you know like oh there's another part of wrestling that like I don't even have a clue even though I'm trying to watch as much as I can there's more than yeah. what you just see Saturday morning or whenever your show's on I see. so yeah I was yeah. right away like this guy's got some secret access <laughs> fortune teller <laughs> wrestling wizard exactly uh, did you guys start going to matches that came like live events well together? actually you know Ken and I were going to some uh, Ken and I were going to some matches and uh, I do specifically remember a couple that we went to that I know Jeff was at and there's one mat there's one card in particular this is probably more like 91 
where I'm pretty sure you were there with Jeff. And, oh, yeah. And you guys were, like, maybe row seven or eight on the floor on the other side of the ring, and Ken and I were row one on the other side of the ring, and uh, it was pretty neat. Yeah, I think that night I dressed as Macho Man, and Tatanka <laughs> noticed me, so he climbed up on the second rope, and he was like, yeah, everybody's, like, you know, he's saluting the crowd, yeah. and he pointed the finger right at me because <laughs> I stood out in my You're Macho next. Man. He was challenging. No, no. No, I, well, I don't remember. Really hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah it, just, it just felt like, and it, no, that's funny. Jeff, or, you're, you're kind of known for your Macho Man. Impression. He's been uh, like you're a huge fan of his, of course. Yeah. Can you give us a little macho man? Well, for sure. Um, I'm gonna take that hairy pencil towards the animal stealing her real bad. Yeah, just time to a little pretzel. Yeah, take all that body here. Yeah, make myself a sweater. Dang it. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Corey, who can you do? I don't really do impressions, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I laugh at Jeff's impressions. So yeah, but I've heard you flare a hundred times. Yeah. Let's hear a woo. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 Silent and profiling. Who are some of your favorite wrestlers? Like, uh, like throughout all the years. Okay, so let's. Uh, we just covered me, so. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, that, I, I that is your favorite wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My favorite singles wrestler would be Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. So, oh, wild. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I loved him when he was in the AWA and what, getting to watch him, you know, before we transitioned and we lost the AWA. Yeah. So in January of 1986, AWA stopped being a thing in Winnipeg. Like, okay. We stopped having their TV. Wow. They stopped having cards in Winnipeg. And luckily, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, oh, there's WWF. And hey, there's all these AWA guys, you know, all the guys that had left. Wait a minute, that's where they are. So, right. So, but event, you know, eventually we did through TSN get access to the ESPN AWA show. So that when Kurt Henning was world champion, AWA world champion, we still got to see it. I was getting to have access again. I remembered him when he was younger, you know, like when he was like sort of the, the perfect baby face and he was such, such, such a great performer. And then when he came to the WWF, he definitely became my favorite wrestler. But I think to properly answer the question, it's not a single wrestler that's my favorite. My absolute favorite thing in wrestling is the British Bulldogs. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, because they're so technically gifted. They were just so fast, and they wrestled a very different style. The Dynamite Kid pre-injury was sort of unmatched at that time. Yeah. He did stuff at the time that nobody could do, and or at least nobody else was doing. Mm -hmm. And I always just loved Davey Boy Smith, and, and I was so excited. And that time, I was watching Stampede Wrestling just as they left Stampede to go to WWF. And then right around that time, WrestleMania two was when I really started, like, building that video collection we were talking about. Okay, And that's yeah. when they were the tag champs. So, like, I have these great memories of, like, you know, this, you know, three-quarters of the year where they were the champs. Yeah. I forgot they matches. came out of uh, Stampede because yep. that, of course, is Calgary yeah. and the Hart Foundation, and that's why their matches were so awesome, yeah. right? Like, they yeah, they had almost... so much... They had a lot of history with each other. They'd already wrestled a lot. When they were younger, it was like... It would be like Davey Boy and Bret Hart would be the tag team, and Dynamite would be the, the villain, you know, wrestling <laughs> right. somebody else. So the Bulldogs feuded against each other before they came yeah, to the WWF. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jeff? But you would have no idea about that in the WWF. Well, I uh, I share his enthusiasm. I won't... Um, for a tag team? like a, Well, the Bulldogs were awesome. So, true dad. Yeah, they were really great. Um, so, uh, but I'd have to say probably the Road Warriors were the, uh, I mean, especially when I found that uh, YouTube could take me back to all the videos that I'd seen as a kid. Yeah. I started with the Road Warriors. Yes. You know, and they weren't so exciting. I mean, they had a long career, so there were certain points where they were cooler and more awesome than yeah. other points. They were great at the interview, I thought. Like, it's like so scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, talk. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I, I still remember uh, um, our high school yearbook where there's a photo of you painted up as a road warrior yeah, at Halloween. That's right. Well, I was a huge fan. Oh, man. I know. I used to get into my mom's eyeshadow and, like, do some road warrior <laughs> stuff. And then later, I would end like, up feeling all tough. And then later, when I'm trying to wash it off, I'm like, now I feel all gay. I got to get this makeup off. <laughs> I also thought it was really strange when they went to the WWF. They, there were more Legion of Doom. And I yeah. could never understand why. I know. They squashed. Marketing rights. So the because the Road Warriors a movie. Vince, uh, well, also just like they they'd been wrestling as the Road Warriors for so long, they'd been called the Legion of Doom as part of like a larger like group. That so had Jake the, Bundy, Snake Jake the Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. and all these people in it. The original. But, so when they came, like McMahon really? could yeah. co- oh. McMahon could copyright Legion of Doom and the marketing. Oh of, like, yeah. The shirts. Okay. They did actually. What a stable, eh? Bundy, yeah. Jake the Snake, and the yeah. Road Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that? Uh, Paul, uh, different Paul. Was it Paul Jones? Or no, it's Paul. Uh, it's Paul Ellering. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was, what a, and then before they joined the WWE, was they had their own version of like Demolition, right? Like, and I thought they're yeah. just a rip off, like a no frills yeah. version of the yeah. World Warriors. They definitely were. They just they oh, took they took Demolition. like they took two you know veteran wrestlers, mm-hmm. slapped them together. They actually one of them was the Moon Dogs, and then they they he, they fight they got rid of him and brought in this other guy to be Smash. Oh. Uh, you know, yeah. so Barry Darso got brought in, and he used to he was playing like a Russian, like Crusher Khrushchev in the NWA, and then right. they brought him over to be Demolition. And you know, in a way, they actually the true ripoffs of the Road Warriors are the Powers of Pain, which is the Barbarian and the Warlord. Same hairdo. Oh yeah, that's right. The Powers but, of Pain. But you know, you can't win because the Demolition had like uh, regular hair with bald spots and glitter. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Powers of Pain actually did the real ripoff, the reverse mohawk and the Mr. T mohawk. And, yeah. and like both of them, for me, were total cringe because I knew the Road Warriors from 11 years old. So whenever I saw a Road Warriors ripoff, yeah. I, I was just like, screw this. Demolition, and people don't talk about it much, they actually were sort of a little bit more looked like the villain, the, the prime villain from the Road Warrior movie, Lord Humongous, like the yeah. guy with the, the, the hockey mask and stuff. And so there was a wrestler in in a different promotion that was Lord Humongous. So they actually kind of looked a bit more like him. Oh. And the guy that you would know as Sid Vicious was one of the two people that played the Lord Humongous character at one point. Oh, shit. That's out of my league. I, I was huge into wrestling during the 80s, a little yep. bit of the 90s. But you guys keep going. You, you still watch wrestling today, correct? Well, nope. so <laughs> there's, Not there's, correct. there's something called the lapsed fan. So you're like, you know, you kind of... It's impossible to keep watching. So, like, you know, it's I a concept. Tried. It's a concept and a specific product. The Last yeah. Fan. The Last Fan is like the podcast that kind of got me back into watching wrestling again a bit. Because oh. I kind of, you know, I that def, I I tried to hold on through the two thousands and stuff, and I yeah. I would watch when I could, and I just lost interest, you know, and I completely stopped watching watching wrestling for years. And yeah. same here. So both of us, we kind of our interest faded or lapsed, and then these guys came along and made a show called The Last Fan. And that's a podcast that I was listening to, and that actually got me as excited, you know, that finally got me back to the point of being interested in wrestling again, like I kind of was in junior high and high school, but but the the current product isn't what I'm interested in, I'm interested in the old stuff. Right, okay. uh, But I did in 2019, when the uh, All Elite Wrestling AEW started up, it was sort of like the the secondary wrestling underneath WWF. That, that when that company started, that's when I started watching new wrestling. And again. that had a lot to do with the fact that they had a lot of old school guys, right? Like it's Jericho's baby, isn't it? Or Jer- like, oh yeah, so there was Cody Cody Rhodes, which is Dusty Rhodes' sons, and then yeah. there's some other guys. Gold, with- gold dust? <laughs> yes, right. No, no, it's no. Stardust. No, no, no. Gold dust <laughs> is, is the older Dust. Brother. Yeah. 
So sorry to be technically, but I got no, yes no, to you got it correctly. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Gold Dust is Dustin Rose, the older brother. Uh, brother. Yeah. Right. And so we're talking about Dusty Rose, one of the most famous wrestlers and charismatic wrestlers. Who could do? Can you do a Dusty Rose? Um, <laughs> Two hundred and eighty pounds of sweet soul, brother. <laughs> Perfect. I've had pork and beans, and I've dined with kings and queens. Perfect. So Cody Rhodes is the American Nightmare, and he's real hot right now, like mm-hmm. in 2023. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes is Gold Dust, who's yeah. had a very respectable career and made yeah. the most with what he was dealt. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. he, he, you know, I'm. People loved Gold Dust. He did all kinds of crazy stuff. One, he's a little bit older than oh, us. He's we, great. Still, still we, we just saw Dustin Rhodes perform two months ago. Where yeah, was he at? He was at, uh, he was at the local show. Yeah, at the Winnipeg Arena. Like, jeez, Winnipeg Arena. The Canada Life, Canada. The, like the Good Life Center, or the I don't know whatever what called. The name of the month. The <laughs> name of the month arena. Yeah. What league was that? WWE. <laughs> no, that was all Elite Wrestling. So they did a they did a television taping here on March fifteenth. All Elite Wrestling. Okay. Yeah. All there's Elite. So yeah. many now, right? Did, I think there's gonna be like a, we don't watch a lot of modern wrestling, yeah, but I, you can't really help sometimes knowing what's happening. So right now, Cody Rhodes is poised, I think, to become the WWE champion. Well, they they didn't they didn't pull they didn't? the trigger. So oh. WrestleMania, he didn't win. Oh yeah. well, there it's, it'll happen though, right? Probably, I mean, probably. probably. Us, us knowing wrestling, yeah. If yeah. he goes there and works for them, then there he's going to be like, you know, he it's left right. AEW as a top guy to go be a top guy. So there's got to be strings attached. It's kind of, yeah, exactly. Like promises that were made. So basically, since 2001, when Death of the Salesman, WWF bought. <laughs> That's, that's from Death of the... Oh. Promises were made! <laughs> Promises were made! Death of the... They're cutting loose. Willie Loman. Okay. So in 2001, WF bought WCW, and people will say that's the kind of the day wrestling died, because there was no competition. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. The quality, they, just they went way, the quality just went way down, and it's been struggling ever since. When? And there's, 2001. And so, basically, you end up with all these other smaller promotions trying to exist, but none of them can ever be anywhere near what WWE they call it now yeah. where it's at so all this time goes by and then finally you know, these people we just mentioned Cody Rhodes Kenny Omega and these two guys I'm not as big a fan of the Young Bucks this young tag team that wrestled a lot in Japan and other places Okay, they basically did a show in Chicago and sold out you know they, they sold out this massive show as an independent show and they got the interest from the guy who owned the family that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL and they got a contract with you know, TNT, like, uh, and stuff like that, TBS. So they got themselves right. on actual real TV again. Yeah. And then they brought in the old guys, like, uh, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross on commentary. And that was that was what got me, was, like, when I heard about this was starting, and yeah. they had these old announcers. Right. And they're on real TV. It's not a streaming service. It's not, you know, some, like, you know, 50th rated channel. They're on a real station. Cool. So I gave it a try. And it's tough, it's tough to be an old fan watching modern, modern wrestling, because... The, the format and the style of it is not is what it I Is it really enjoy. not like, it's not the same as it was with just different guys, or why is it so different in today's to wrestling? Quote, to quote the flippy shit. Yeah. <laughs> what is the flippy shit? <laughs> they flip, they just do flips. It's oh, like it's too many aerial moves? Well, yeah, yeah. Everything, like, everything's a dive over the top rope or off the top rope to the outside. They do about, like, in a two-hour show, you'll probably, on average, see that 30 to 40 times. Oh. Yeah. See, when Macho Man was the only one jumping off the top rope to the outside, it kind of made it special, right? I see. Here's yes. another way. Superfluous somersaults yeah <laughs> so well I'll do a somersault and then I'll close line you and oh yeah oh, it's so much more deadly and all that momentum and sure, the, okay. the other thing is over the years they've kind of tried to outdo themselves as far as like 
you know, what it takes to pin somebody. So at this point, there could be 50 finishers and the guy's still kicking out. Like, it's, you know, the DDT isn't anything anymore. Do they have rest holes anymore? No, it's they just like go, go, go. Arm bars. And they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't sell properly, meaning that they don't, like, they're all beaten up, but then they're immediately, like, 100% good because they've oh. got to do, do their moves. Wow. You know, they gotta, okay. you know, they don't, like, finishers it's too fast. Finishers don't finish anymore. Yeah, it's a little less believable, maybe? It is. It, so what has happened is they've made, they've made modern wrestling look way more fake and also be way more dangerous to the performers okay, because they're doing sure. stuff that literally can kill them like multiple times a match and right. it's like you know rolling the dice until they you know blow their knee out or whatever we did talk about the uh, aspect how once upon a time uh, these guys had rest holds because they were performing six seven eight times a week and yeah. now in the TV era they don't necessarily have to perform well, as these often. guys only wrestle once a week if, if that oh really yeah so they don't, do, more they don't do house shows they just do their TV Oh wow, that's yeah. odd, isn't it? Why wouldn't they do live events? You'd because be... they basically can't like they uh, a they have a TV contract. All the money's made off of the t- off the TV contract. Two different. And contracts. if they go on tour and actually to spend the money to, to take these people to different cities, mm-hmm. they would in some cases lose money. They can't sell enough tickets to like you know make that work. I'd also think they don't want them to wrestle just to, so they don't injure, injure themselves and they have yeah. to take a month or two off TV yeah, right. tapings. But in the old days, you know, the Florida area had a TV show. And it had, you know, um, monthly, like there was a location, they would be there every month. Or sometimes, in some cases, every week. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know. What if league? The, oh, the Florida, was that? For championship wrestling from Florida. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it had initials, per se. CWF. Okay, so it did. Um, <laughs> and this is where, actually, I mean, every, you know, major star from the WWF, you know, came from somewhere, you mm-hmm. know. We, of course, grew up on the AWA, where Chicago was a stronghold, but yeah. Winnipeg was also a, a major location. Right. So, uh, yeah, back in the day, I think they were making their money because they were, there were a lot of places in Florida that people would pay to see a live show. So the TV show was to promote the live house shows uh, back in the 80s. Right. And, um, you know, they had uh, different tiers of performance. They had, like... At one point, the WWF had maybe they could put on three cards a night. You know, like Macho Man and Honky Tonk might be the headliner in one city, whereas Hogan, you know, versus Bundy could be the headliner somewhere else. And they might even be able to squeak a very weak card. Another tag, the tag team champs could be somewhere else. Yeah, right. at its at its extreme, you know, they yeah. could squeeze out. They'd run three cards a night. Talent yeah. could run three cards a night. So Florida was doing a minor version of that too. Okay. And I think Dusty Rhodes was a big Florida wrestler, yeah. so... Um, and now we petered down, I think the point Jeff's trying to make is that, like, when you only have one show and there's only so much TV time, there's not as much, you know, there's not as much room for all these different stars. Oh, exactly. Okay. And they're not getting they're not getting the in-ring time, they're not getting... They're being forced to be on TV maybe before they're ready, because there isn't really a, a way to, to develop their skills before they kind of are in the big time. Sure. Back in the day, they were making their money on beer sales. <laughs> <laughs> at the live menus. Well, no, and and I think the point, the other point, Jeff's trying to make is that like the business models completely changed. The purpose of the TV show in the '80s, early '90s, was to talk you into the arena, was to like make you excited. That's right. To go see, you would never get to see the real big fight on TV. You had to like go and pay to see it. AWA Championship Wrestling rocks Huntsville at the Madison County Coliseum this Friday night, April 24th at 8:30 p.m. There are five championship tag team matches. 
Come see the AWA's greatest tag team fight to the finish for the Mid-American Tag Team Championship. And save $1 by buying your ringside tickets now at the Madison County Coliseum. Now the whole point is just the TV contract. So right. everything they do is to, is to get ratings for TV. But it was oh, so very consistent, wow, yeah, you know, yeah. like you knew wrestling was, you know, the third Friday of the month. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what we're doing. And right. so now when you watch week-to-week -week wrestling, it's all kind of the same because every single match is trying to be the greatest match in the history of the world. They're all <laughs> trying to they're all trying to be like a five star, <laughs> ten star match. And when and you say this, you mean specifically the WWE or generally a, a across w, the board? Anyone who's, who's doing television this way this okay. now, they need to push as much as they can on TV because of the sort of the attention span of the fans and what the fans expect. Sure. But what that ends up happening is that nothing special. Like there's no. Saturday Night Main Event was so special when we were kids because we watched squash matches on TV oh, and right. then we would they, get finally jobbers. jobbers. Yeah, you right. finally got to see Hogan wrestle at Saturday Night Main Event. You know, like that yeah. was when you got to see him wrestle. He didn't wrestle on TV. You knew who was going to win when you were watching it on TV back yeah, in the old days because yeah. you never heard of the other guy. Yeah, that's he was right. just like <laughs> Steve Lambert or Absolutely, whatever, yeah. Know? There's all there's all these <laughs> enhancement talent jobbers. Uh, and, and Eggers. You know, so Eggers, yeah. That's what's been lost is like you can't like any of these companies now could create a Saturday Night's Main Event, but how is it any different than their regular TV show? Because you're already oh. you're already having all the best wrestlers fight each other over and over again all the time. Okay, yeah, you, you schooled me on this. What are your favorite? What's your favorite match that you've ever seen in wrestling? Wow. The one that really sticks out is that was the best. Well, um, I think one of the ones that I liked the best, probably I'll, I'll just go for it and pull the trigger, was Macho Man versus Jake the Snake on Saturday Night's Main Event. Oh, yeah. um, they revisited this feud and it never lived up to the excitement of this one match. This match had no build-up. There wasn't any pre-show angle of like, oh, so-and-so did this to so-and-so, or the challenge was made. It was just Macho Man defending his title. The against, inter intercontinental, yeah, yeah. against That's a right. heel. It was heel versus heel. Oh, yeah. you gotta love that. Yeah, and very uh, rare for the time. Yeah, and I was ready. I had my VHS and I recorded that match. Yeah, and it was. I mean, well, I recorded the whole TV show, but it was that match that I went back to over and over again. Um, they had some near falls, and uh, yeah, heel versus heel was exciting. And uh, Macho Man was such a great coward hiding behind Elizabeth. And um, you had Jesse Ventura with his all-time quote, We're going to get some good technical wrestling and some good down-home cheating. <laughs> and, then, and then McMahon goes, Good down-home cheating? That's right, McMahon. <laughs> These guys aren't afraid to bend the rules. Right? Yeah, awesome. awesome. Uh, who won? Uh, well, the title, we know, did not change hands. Mm -hmm. So, uh, boy, you got me there, Ron. Uh, shame on me. <laughs> I don't want to... It's, it's like a double DQ spot. situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't want... They wouldn't want it for yeah. heel versus heel yeah. having yeah. one win or the other. They both come out saving face. Uh -huh. Yeah. No clean pin. Nobody has to put anybody over. I mean, Macho Man, that was his thing, was to be cowardly and, yeah. and weak but dangerous. Not weak, but, you know, cowardly. Do you remember if the snake came out? Um... Well, I'm sure that Macho Man hid behind Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I think know. he went to get the snake after the uh, you know after the bell was rang and Macho Man went running. Yeah. Corey, what is what is your favorite match? You know, I'm I'm hesitant to plant a flag there and sort of you know there's so many matches that I love. Um, rattle them off, rattle off oh, a few yeah, that you well, love. I, I mean, there's a there's a few of the Bulldogs matches like they're uh, in, in the October after they won they won the title in 
April of 86. In October of 86, they did a best two out of three falls match against the team they beat. The, the Dream Team. That was Two out Valentine. of three falls. How rare. Yeah. That doesn't and happen Beefcake. Yeah. No, well, it happens once in a while, but not that much. Mm. I always love that match because they, you know, they, they, they vanquish their foes and use their, their big finisher to, like, you know, get the win and everything. And, right. Um, there was, like, Bret Hart versus his brother Owen Hart, uh, mm -hmm. both at WrestleMania 10 and at SummerSlam. They did a cage match of that match. Those are really, really great matches. There's so many matches. Jeff and I, one of the one of the things we did in preparation for our show is we've recorded some bonus content. So we've already actually recorded some episodes, even though we actually haven't recorded the first episode. Right. Um, and one of those episodes was on sneak attacks. And uh, there's this match where the Rock and Roll Express are defending their titles against the Horsemen. So Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. But the Midnight Express, one of the other big tag teams from the time, they come out as the Rock and Roll Express are coming out from behind them and attack them and injure one of their wrestlers. And it's just like, that's one of the ones that really stuck, stuck on my whole mind. I saw it once, you know, on TV in like yeah. 1987. Right. And then I didn't get to see it again until like maybe 2016. <laughs> okay. And when I saw that clip, you know, on, on, on the in, you know, internet or whatever and found it, I was like, yeah. oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, just loved it. You know, That's so cool, man. What about, uh, do you have like, say, a, a favorite, say, movie or TV show that a wrestler's been in, whether they're playing themselves or I think a we're character. tied on this one, so I'll yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, the opening of Highlander. Uh, the, what, the, the, the movie, movie Highlander, yeah. 80s? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening? Who's yeah. that? The opening yeah. sequence. Yeah. So, okay, he's uh, the Highlander. Um, what's the actor's name? Christopher Lambert. Lambert, yeah. 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 And he's at a uh, an arena, and... Uh, well, Corey will come in with the details, but the very opening of the movie Highlander has a crowd that's so excited, and the Freebirds are. He's, in at, the he's, match. At, a, he's at a wrestling show. It's an AWA card. Oh shit! It's the High Flyers jumping Jim Brunzel and, and Greg, Greg Gagne, Gagne with the Tonga Kid. I don't know, and that was the one. I'm like, what is he doing here? But against <laughs> yeah. the, the Freebirds, the three of the three actual Freebirds. Wow! But they captured somehow. They captured the excitement. They the crowd, yeah. And you know, the, the, they. It's, it doesn't feel like acting because the crowd is just popping for what's happening in the ring, and, it, yeah. and it's, there's something really sincere about that, because it's, you know. And um, meanwhile, the Highlanders looking around and like, oh, danger! Gotta get, have a fight. He, sen he senses yeah. somebody's there, right? Yeah. The movie, like, but I'm like, never mind that. Stick, stick with the yeah, action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back yeah. in the ring. Exactly. But I think an important part of that the opening of that movie, and something that Jeff and I talk a lot about on our show, is that like music. And wrestling, they go so like hand in hand. Rock and I wrestling, have, yeah. I have such strong memories of matches and songs, and the songs that I like, and I only like them because of their connection to wrestling. Oh, like what, what would be an example? Uh, well, Freebird. So they, oh, so they the, used the, the Freebirds. Free they, they did up into a certain point. That's they, oh, they, yeah, yeah. they named their tag team after a song. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Freebirds oh, were inspired by Leonard Skinner, who wore. Uh, well, the Freebirds were all about the Confederate flag. You know, uh, love it or leave it. You know, these days it has a lot of context that we're not here to talk about. But, yeah, no way, uh, Jose. Yeah. Anyway, the Freebirds um, were these Southern boys who. Um, they, yeah, the song, Freebird, one of rock and roll's most amazing uh, guitar solos, and it's just legendary song. Yeah. And it's got two parts. It's got the slow-moving part, yeah. and then this fast, give-her-shit part. 
and uh, the Freebirds would come out to that slow, dramatic opening. And the one guy from the Freebirds was so good at working the crowd, Michael Hayes. He was just a born entertainer. I remember him well. Oh, he, yeah, was a he was so good. Talker, and he could also get it done. Like one time I saw him in the ring in a singles match uh, against Lex Luger winning the title. And I was like, oh, and this, this is, is the, This is the connection to the song, which is like yeah, these two anyway. guys were known as not being the greatest performers, but they somehow had this really great match against each other. Yeah. And at the end, there's the tiniest bit of cheating. And, and Michael Hayes wins this title on this on this rental I had this this super card. Yeah, it's amazing. And Jim Ross, who's like a very famous announcer, was the announcer at the time, and he is losing his mind about like how much cheating was going on, even though it was like the most minor cheating you've ever seen. But Freebirds playing in the background, and that just burned in my mind that song and that yeah. moment. And I don't think I would like the song but Freebird that, as much if it wasn't yet yeah, that title change. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. Because I'm more into music than Corey. Like I actually play guitar, yeah. Yeah. you know, and sing and. Uh, um, but Reformer, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That would be there, nothing sums it up better than the fabulous Freebirds, who call themselves the Freebirds because they came to the song, to the song, uh, to the came ring, right, yeah. to the song, Freebird. Okay, cool. And uh, that you, you concur on that, right? You, yeah. That would be your favorite. Oh yeah, for wrestling, yeah, for sure. And there's well, other, there's other moments. There's other there's other songs that are important. I mean, that match I mentioned, the Rock and Roll Express, like their music playing. Well, the Midnight Express is kicking the shit out of them, pardon the language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like with chairs and stuff, because it's, it's not perfectly filmed. Like today, they would be set up, the camera would be, you know, the camera would be ready. This, you know, this looked like it was more real because, like, this attack happens in the back of an auditorium. The camera's not there. Like, you know, they have to, like, rush over there. And let, me, like, oh, okay. let me give you some more examples. The Midnight Express took the theme song from the movie The Midnight Express. Is that right? So really? Yeah, the Chase. 100%. Huh. Yeah, the movie called Midnight Express had this really cool, uh, spooky, atmospheric song that uh, the Midnight Express the wrestling tag team came to the ring to. So the song's called The Chase. Thank you for that. But other, you, you can't separate um, Macho Man coming to the ring to pomp and circumstances. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. That's the best. It was the best. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> you can't help but think of him when you hear it. Yeah. And, you know? and Rick Flair, Space, Space Odyssey. And, and Hulk Hogan originally. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Originally, Hulk Hogan came to... Eye of the Tiger. Cause That's that was, right, because he was in yeah, Rocky, Rocky Three. Three. Right, yeah. Right. So of music was just And then they're like, uh, okay, we want money for that. Let's make a new song. And that's one of the pro <laughs> that's one of the problems with, with modern wrestling is they didn't they you know, McMahon didn't want to use commercial songs, so that's when the, a lot of the great '80s, you know, theme songs is because he had to hire someone to create all these songs because he didn't want to use the commercial songs. Yeah, it went to shit. But then, as you get into like more recent times, like they can't even use those songs. So that now, if you are someone who has that, you know, goes out and gets the WWF Network or the you know Peacock on Peacock in the states. Yeah. Well, these things have been edited. These songs have been scrubbed out, and they replaced them with other songs. But what that does is it mm -hmm. dulls the crowd noise. Oh shit! Yeah, so it really takes away from the show. Yes. Totally, it's also rewriting history. But uh, you know, there was the whole era. Um, well, there are two I'd like to touch on. There was the one where they, uh, in some cases, it worked great. The Ultimate Warrior, they wrote a song, if you want to call that writing. It's like one guitar chord. Da 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 da. Oh, another one. Da. Third one, nah, da 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 da. Repeat, da 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 da. But I mean, or you know, 
Then here comes the axe. Here, here comes, comes the smasher. Demolition, walking disaster. So still memorable after all these. Yeah, years, that's though, right. You know. But then there's the worst. In WCW, they started taking awesome songs like Smells Like Teen Spirit oh. and they would just alter the melody ever so slightly oh, yeah, yeah. to avoid copyright like just to like that's so they could be that sued. a real thing? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who you smells like Teen Spirit? Well, okay, like, no, let's Diamond Dallas Page. The rip off. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Oh, really? And it was oh, maybe funny. like the chords backwards, but you take my meaning. Yeah, that's what they did. And exactly. if somebody yeah. somebody took like even flow and you know and did the yeah. did it backwards, did the medley backwards, you know, and, <laughs> and they're, they're so cringy now. Whenever I just like, oh, I hate to see that. Boy. But I will say this: um, they are. Smartening up and paying for the classic rock. That's what we enjoyed about the live show we went to. Yeah, this, oh. yeah, it, it's just so much better. Thank God they figured that shit out. Pay up for the money because you know this one guy that I think is pretty cool, Orange Cassidy. He comes out to this, um, you know, this classic rock song, but it's just so cool because of the way the piano and like the drums and the guitar all just come in. It's very dramatic. Mm -hmm. He comes out to uh, but like it's like. Bow now, bow now. It's by Jefferson Starship. Who used oh, to be. okay. I was yeah. trying to Jane. You know, Jane, Jane, Jane. But it's yeah. just got a real kicking beginning. Yeah. So this guy Orange Cassidy, who's fun. You'd like him. And he's he's a current guy. He's a yeah, current, current guy, guy yeah. in yeah. WWE. Yeah, he's no. AEW. He's AEW. Okay. He's my favorite of the current guys because I, I don't watch, but uh, I had a look, mm -hmm. and this guy Rusty played his shtick, right? Like it's you know he's he's funny. He's not, this nonchalant thing. Yeah, he's super chill, cooled out guy. Orange Cassidy, so you get a bit of a California vibe from him. He's <laughs> Surfer? Wearing, yeah, he's wearing shades all the time. And he, jacket. And and he often he puts his hands in his pockets because he's all casual. Oh, I think like he wrestles with yes, his hands in yes, his pockets. Yes. I know that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? Like not the whole time, but he does. He'll jump off the top rope with his hands in his pockets. I, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And it's ah. like he he jokes that it somehow gives him power. So there's this whole yeah. shtick he does where he, he raises his hands above his head so he can put his hands in his pockets. <laughs> and, then, and then his opponents will sometimes like stop his hands and they'll grab his wrist to like you know like <laughs> to get his hands in his That's that's great. And he comes yeah. out to a classic rock song yeah. and like I mean. I went, you know, I went home and I was like, "What's that song? I want to hear that song." You know, right. it's got so that bang. It's just got driving rock yeah. and roll energy. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's memorable. The, the songs definitely keep, uh, you know, keep those memories coming back Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. And they did that with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah. What's Kenny Omega come out to? They came out to Kansas. They came out to Carry On Wayward Son. Oh, cool. And like they all had their own music. And then they were, all three of them were away for a while, and they brought them back, the three of them, together, and it was on a pay-per-view. And they let them play the song for, like, three and a half minutes or something. It was playing so long that they went through the chorus a second time. And it just, like, it was so exciting watching that show. Like, you know, I got more excitement out of their entrance than I had out of almost anything. But, like, you know, anything else on the show was, like, eh, whatever. Right. But, like, you know, the they, entrance was so great. They're doing right what I hate about Adam Sandler movies, where it's like, how do we want people to feel? We want them to feel sad. Okay, play Dust in the Wind. How do we want them to feel? We want them to feel hockey, uh, excited. Okay, play rock and roll. Yeah. And like, he, like, there was one <clears throat> movie where they just, a classic rock song came up every five minutes, and I'm like, get here, Adam Sandler. <laughs> you know, I know it. what you're doing. Yeah, I know what you're doing. You're manipulating me with music. Let's go back to your podcast. Uh, how long is it? The Legendary Wrestling Obsession Podcast. Mm -hmm. Very in length. That's right. Okay. And is it, it, yeah. Is it a weekly show? 
That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to cover a Saturday Night's Made event each week. Oh, really? Like, how many were there? There's 30-some. So basically, once we get into 88, then Clash of the Champions on NWA slash WCW starts happening. So they'll get integrated. There's right. other TV specials we'll stick in there before that. Yeah. And like we said, we're doing bonus content. So that's the way we're starting our show, and we'll see where it takes us. Right? Like, when like you mean bonus content, like, it'll... it'll so people who go over to our Patreon channel can listen to completely different shows. Okay, and that would be patreon.com legendary wrestling obsession? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you listen to our regular show, we'll be pumping that uh, that URL that you need to go to to check it out. Right. And uh, yeah, there'll be stuff like, you know, the stuff we've already recorded is examples of like Paul Orndorff's turn on Hulk Hogan in the summer of 1986. <laughs> that was like one of the biggest feuds of all time for Hulk Hogan. And right. We did a whole show on just one syndicated show this November 22nd. Like Saturday morning, superstars of wrestling. Yeah, and it was Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat, and it's the match that sets up WrestleMania three. Oh, okay. But we actually do the whole card, you know. And it's one of the funniest things that happens on that that uh, that that show is the Honky Tonk Man vote of confidence. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest laughs we're getting actually. He, when he first came in, he tr they tried to make him a good guy, but no, nope, they didn't uh, like him. Yeah, so I remember this, that. Yeah. So they did this mail-in campaign of vote of confidence. And, oh, <laughs> okay. And then they announced that Jesse Jesse announces the numbers to him, and he's all excited. And the thing we're really enjoying is that Jeff's making me laugh really hard with these honky tonk man impersonations. Oh, do so. do some honky tonk man. I love honky tonk. <laughs> I know all my fans want to hear me sing. They, they love me. They can't wait to hear the honky tonk man sing, play guitar, and dance for everybody. And I, and I know that they're gonna get behind the honky tonk man. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Is he, he's still wrestling, right? Not exactly. He still no, makes he, appearances and stuff like he that. He was but, yeah. around, like, in a lot, maybe 10 years ago in this oh, province. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we went to see him in his, uh, you know, independent circuit days, you know, after his limelight. A long time ago. Yeah, he was awesome. He's a really funny guy. He was incredibly funny. They let him go to the ring by himself with a microphone for, like, 12 minutes. Oh, and wow, And it was, like, yeah. the greatest stand-up we'd ever heard. We were peeing ourselves laughing. He was so funny. A wrestling open mic. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and Je Jeff actually kind of chirped him a bit, and we had, he had a really funny moment of, like, uh, his response. Well, he what? Was, well, yeah, I mean, Honky Tonk Man was just working the crowd with his mic. And in one of my wrestling magazines, I had read his uh, real name, you know. And so, I don't know, just because... Uh, so, for whatever reason, I decided to pipe in as he was working the crowd. I was like, I know your real name! And he's like... Well, <laughs> Which is... Let me... Wayne Ferris. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. He goes, well, who are you, the IRS? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was yeah, so quick. Crowd. Like, he just, yeah. like, he didn't even... He didn't hesitate. He was just so fast, yeah. Well, right on. Uh, guys, thanks. Thanks for being uh, in this studio bedroom. <laughs> Thing. It's, Beautiful studio. It's good to have people just over and. Can we ask you one question, Ron? Yeah, sure. Cool. Do you remember the first time you saw wrestling? Like, when did you become a wrestling oh fan? Oh my god, my dad was a huge AWA, and he ruled the TV. So it would be on Saturdays, yeah. you know, what, late afternoon, something like that, around six, dinner six, time. Six o'clock, yeah. Six o'clock, and I was just, you know, that wasn't really the only program because I wasn't into sports. But he, and he, but yeah, I would watch it with him, and I remember him taking me. To ADWA wow. shows at the Winnipeg Arena, where we saw King Kong Bundy, the Road Warriors, uh, Buck Zumhoff, Boom Boom Bundy. He wasn't allowed to be oh, called Boom King. Boom. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to be called King Kong in AWA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just remember doing that a couple times. Nice. Was, that's my earliest memory. Okay. Yeah, I loved AWA. I thought it was Nick Bockwinkle. I thought was so cool too. Like he was. He just was. Like, yeah. You know, he's well, I hated like, him at the time. Hated him at the time, but love him now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I love to hate him. 
Yeah, so that's, that's... I have one more great wrestling memory with you, which is that uh, we would get the pay-per-views off of Kenny's dad's satellite. And so the 1992 Royal Rumble, we were like, we got the tape after it had happened. So, like, it's, you know, it's already, the show's over, but we haven't seen it yet. But we, yeah. we don't know. And we bring that tape to Jeff's basement, and we're watching. And partway through, you and Schneider show up. And oh you guys God. have already seen it, and you were yeah. so excited. Oh, and, fuck. And I, luckily, I didn't put two and two together. It didn't give away. It didn't spoil the ending for me. <laughs> oh, you know, God. you guys were so excited to see this this card again. Yeah, and, that, was, yeah. that would have been my favorite match, Royal Rumble, yeah. because Ric Flair, I think yeah. he just entered the scene, or he was kind of new to the WWE. It, it came was, in the, the previous summer, thrill. but yeah. It, you know, the previous that. summer, yeah, yeah. So he had this kind of buildup. And yeah. then when he, he drew number two or two, three? Two. He drew yeah. number two, and he weaseled his way all, all the way through the end. We were at a, uh, the Royal Pizza on, on uh, St. Mary's or nice. St. Anne's, I think. And every, there was like, it was a packed house at this pizza joint, and nobody wanted Ric Flair to win except me and Schneider. And we're sitting right in front of them. So we just remember, we're like, whoa! And we turned around, we're just like, yeah! Everyone hated us as much as people hated Ric Flair. It was, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you remember that. Eh? We oh, walked absolutely, in yeah. and you were watching yeah. it. And I still so excited, I love yeah. watching it, rewatching yeah. it. That's what's yeah. great about it's you a classic too. match. Oh yeah. my god. Because all the Flair. best people were in it. They, they weren't saving anybody for some other match. Like the matches before that Royal Rumble sucked. But it's like they yeah. put everybody they could in that match. Like, you know, like. Oh, yeah. You were expecting Hogan to win, and it was so great that Hogan didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> for a change. Exactly. No leg drops. Or did he do. Oh, no, he wouldn't have won, didn't want that. Yeah. Legendary Wrestling Obsession yeah. podcast drops in May. Yeah, May 11th. May 11th, which is a Thursday. Okay, so you got to check it out. Where can, where can people find it? So it's going to be on all the different uh, podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts? Yeah, exactly. Stitcher? Yeah. yeah. What about Google you doing, Podcast? Is it going to be video stuff? or just audio? It's just audio. Just audio. Yeah. Okay. And Patreon? Patreon, yeah. If they want to support the show, if they like what they hear, if they want to hear more stuff, yeah. if they just want to help us run the show, you you know running your own show, there's some expenses involved and things, and it would be nice to offset those. It, it and, uh, sure would, like uh, purchasing beer for guests. Yeah. <laughs> should, and, uh, I, should I just uh, drop a toonie on the table? <laughs> and then where's your homepage, like your home base? Where, which... We haven't set anything up. Uh, you know, we're using a company called Podbean to host our stuff, so you, kind of, you can find that has a URL, so people can go there to, uh, you know, Oh, for sure. See stuff as well. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. Yes. Thanks, Jeff. And Thank don't forget you. to check out Jeff Hughes, who uh, was on the show years ago. Jeff Hughes shoots on legal cannabis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great episode. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Still smoking. <laughs> Let's go I, smoke. I watched that, watch that show. I lis listened to that show in Europe. I gave Ron a European <laughs> uh, hit on his uh, podcast. Exactly. And now look at you guys. Start your own show. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait, guys. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. All right, take it easy. Right on. Bye. We are rolling. Yay. Clap, clap, clap. How could stop a hippie to do business with you? If you ever come to say anything about my mom again, I'm going to cut you. Fire of a show. And we all looked at each other just going like, oh shit. Yeah, make hobo fires and trash. I could work in porn. And he said, is there any weed in here? I said, yes, it's behind the microwave. How is it by in here?